Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Fight Fan with your host, Pete Hoffman. Follow me, TikTok, at Hoff, WFAM, at the Fight Fan, WFAN, and at the Hoff, WFAN, on Twitter, or at the Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, WFAN.com, and the Odyssey app. This week, three guests off the bat. We have next week, not this weekend's, but next weekend's main event, half of it at least. Chris Dacus joins us. He's fighting Curtis Blades next week, March 26th. Huge heavyweight fight. Remember, Chris just lost to Derek Lewis, but... Back-to-back main events for him. It's going to be a very interesting fight between those two, Curtis Blades and Chris. So we'll talk about that. He'll be up first. Then we will be joined by Terrence McKinney. Now, Terrence lost his last fight, but he came on last-minute fight that he took, jumped in, um, and it was still an amazing performance. Just kind of, I don't know if he gassed out, but we'll talk about that, his performance, uh, losing to Drew Dober after looking like he was about to win in another amazing, quick fashion. But Terrence McKinney will join us. And then finally, Cody Brundage, who got his first victory in the UFC last week. He'll join the show as well. Also of note, this Sunday morning, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m., that's Saturday into Sunday, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m., I'll be on WFAN. So if you want to talk MMA at all, you can go talk to me there. Now, we'll also be talking about other stuff, too. Baseball's back, so we're going to be talking about baseball. We'll be talking about some crazy NFL news that's been circulating, all these uh, free agent signings and trades, Devontae Adams, uh, Russell Wilson. I'm sure we'll talk about that as well. Again, baseball news. And then the college, the NCAA tournament, will be going on as well. So I'm sure all that will pop up and more, but you're more than welcome to call up about MMA, UFC as well. Uh, this weekend's card for the UFC, interesting one. They're back in London. The first time they've returned to London, and I think it's two years, I think they said. couple interesting uh, prelims to note. Nikita Krylov versus Paul Craig. Paul Craig is one of those guys who just likes to kind of screw up people's streaks, win streaks and whatnot. 34-year-old vet going up against Nikita Krylov. That should be a very interesting light heavyweight fight. You got featherweight fight. That I'm looking forward to. Mike Grundy versus Makwan Ermakani. Grundy, somebody a little bit older, 56, uh, 56, 35 years old, five foot six, 72 inch uh, is his reach. Armakani uh, has the height advantage, but that's about it. 
It's it's a stand-up guy. Mike Grundy's a very stand-up fighter. Likes to stand and bang. Uh, Armakani, I think, is mo- his basically uh, succeeds on the ground. That's where he wants to this fight to go. So we'll see how that. It, you know, it's it's all about stylistic approaches. And Grundy's just a. I think he likes to stand and bang. So we'll see how that goes. You have on the main card. Now here's it's weird. This this card is like. A lot of names that have a lot of hype, and one in particular is Patty Pimplet. Some people say that he's overhyped. He's going up against Rodrigo Vargas. I don't think this is a huge test for Patty. So again, if he's victorious, is this a test? Is this something like it's that Patty Pimplet can put on his re- record and say, "Look who I just took out. Look how real I am." Is this like? Conor McGregor beating Dennis Seaver, you know, like that—that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, where where is this on on Patty Pimplet's, you know, uh, uh, chain or his his rise to the top? How far can he go with this? Um, again, Patty Pimplet has a lot of hype. We'll see if uh, the hype is real. Rodrigo Vargas, twelve and four. He's a veteran, thirty six years old. Again, doesn't have the height, doesn't have the reach. A lot of this goes to Patty in general. So I'm not really sure what this fight is going to prove other than it's another win for Patty. Now, this reminds me a little bit of Darren Till. A lot of hype. A lot of people love him. He's in his, he's in his hometown. The crowd's going to be crazy. But is it enough? Is it, is, 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 it, is, it the, is the hype just because they're trying to hype up somebody from Europe. That, and and that, I hate to be that type of person to criticize that they're trying to find people from different places. Like, listen, Israel Adesanya from Auckland, they hyped him up, but he's the real deal. Look how good he is. He's a champion. Same thing with Nganu. Same thing with Kamaru Usman. They're trying to get that next Michael Bisbing, and they've missed. They've swung and missed, literally. You know, Darren Till has definitely, you know, taken a turn for the worse, and there's been other names uh, that have tried to, like Leon Edwards, they've tried to hype up as much as possible. Guy can never get in the cage. Now, they always say it's because people don't want to fight him, but is that because he doesn't bring numbers with him, or is that because he's really good? Patty Pimblett, again, is on this platform, hyped up. Can he be that next star that Europe is looking for, that London is looking for? We'll find out. Um, again, he's going up, against, going up against Rodrigo Vargas. There's Gunnar Nelson returns versus Takashi Sato, Molly McCann versus Luana Carolina. I like that fight. That's actually a good fight. Molly McCann, 11-4 versus Luana Carolina. I'm not sure if it's going to uh, put anybody back in the contention for a, a flyweight champ, a flyweight title fight soon, but Luana Carolina is very interesting to watch. Um, Arnold Allen, Dan Hooker is the co-main, both weighed in. Dan Hooker looks pretty crazy. Good for a featherweight. Usually he fights at 155, or he's been fighting 155. So the fact that he w- looked really good at 154, oh, sorry, 145, on Allen's a good test. We'll see how that goes. Dan Hooker, again, he's had his ups and downs in his career, but this should be very interesting. And it's always interesting to see somebody go down 10 pounds. Big guy, Dan Hooker, you know? Big guy. Uh, he's six foot, 75. He got a lot of reach, a lot of height there. So this is going to be very interesting to see how his approach is versus Arnold Allen. Does he make it look easy? If he does, this could be a nice spot for for Dan Hooker, who 
was looking for a title fight in the lightweight division a while ago. And then finally, the main event, Tom Aspinall versus Alexander Volkov. Again, it's another Tom Aspinall. Is he overhyped? Listen, this is a, uh, the, you know, the London guy, the British guy. They're trying to hype him up. He's 11-2. Alexander Volkov is a professional. He's been in some, some big fights. It's a toss-up to me. I like Volkov. He seemed to be more the um, technical fighter. He's very solid. He could outstrike your opponents. He's got the reach. He's got the height. Aspinall's going to have to make this thing dirty. He's going to have to make it close. He's going to have to get the fight on the ground. We've seen that be an issue for Volkov in the past, but we've also seen you know guys like Derek Lewis find a way to knock him out at the end of the fight, even after being taken advantage of and and you know being outstruck for the entire fight. Still, all takes is one shot. Meanwhile, you see a guy like Greg Hardy too, who is now out of the UFC, and one of his best fights happened to come up against Alexander Volkov, which didn't make any sense whatsoever. So you just never know. Um, but that is your main event, and it's since it's in London, it's a little early. Main event starts at four. Prelims start at 1, so it's a good early start. You don't have to go to bed at, like, you know, 1 in the morning for, like, your normal pay-per-views. All right, listen, let's get to these interviews again. Next week, he's facing Curtis Blades, You um, March 26th. I'm not sure if it's a – I know it's a fight in that. I'm not sure which one it is. It could be Vegas uh, 51, maybe, I'm going to guess. I can't remember. They just keep on continuing. But it is Chris – Docus. This is the Fight Fan with your host, Pete Hoffman, being joined right now by a very special guest, heavyweight Chris Dalkus. What's going on, Chris? Thank you so much for joining the show, man. Of course. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Dude, first of all, you are a Philly guy, so I have to ask you some yeah. Philly pertinent questions because we're New York. We hate Philly. I don't hate you. But I hate, we hate you. Philly. I hate you. It's all right. I hate you sports fans. It's all right. We'll keep it, we'll keep it like that. All right. So, so, what, what, so what's, the, what's the deal? What are your diehard teams? Uh, really the Eagles. I like the Flyers. I uh, was big in the baseball uh, a while back, but really since I've been mainly focusing on fighting, I kind of fell off on all the, the major sports teams. So if you're going to quiz me about like players and who I should be, who we should be traded for, I'm just going to flunk it right now, man. But yeah. no, no, it's all good. I just want, I just want to know your, your allegiance Eagles fans. Yeah. I work with Tiki Barber, so uh, who okay. for, former, you know, who was 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 with the Giants. So you know, he had yeah. some good days against the Eagles, had some bad days against the Eagles. But you know, just just yeah. to make sure that we know where we're coming from. <laughs> it's all yeah, dope. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mutual but, understanding. Got it. <laughs> so here's the deal, right? So you yeah. are in a heavyweight division. It's a, an amazing division. It's it's for me. It's one of the most my most. You know, I look at divisions. They're stacked all the way around. But I seem to like everybody in the heavyweight division. It's like awesome yeah. to see you guys fight. It sucks to see you guys lose. You lost yeah. to Derek Lewis last time around. Now you got a great fight versus Curtis Blades coming up. Like, tell me how it is to be part of this unbelievable division in the UFC. Uh, it's still kind of surreal that I'm. I'm I, I can actually say that I'm a part of it. Um, you know, just from growing up and watching, you know, and, and envisioning and hoping one day that you'd be a part of it, and for you to actually be there and to be standing across the octagon from those guys. It's, uh, it's really special. And, uh, it's really kind of crazy to think, you know, that people that I watched growing up, uh, some of them were still fighting and like, I could potentially be fighting them 
or, you know, people that I was watching before I got signed by the UFC that uh, it's a very strong possibility that, you know, I would pick apart like their fights and say, oh, I'd probably do this or this is how I'd fight the guy. Well, this is like, it's real now. It's like a lot of times this is how I set up my game plan. So it, it's it's really crazy to think about. Is there someone in particular that you've been eyeing over the years and you've actually stepped in the cage with them? Uh, the, the, really the only person was Derek Lewis and that didn't go as planned. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, he was the, the only person who, I mean, Shamil too, but Shamil really wasn't on my radar at the time, uh, when I was looking at him. Uh, but yeah, Derek Lewis is because he's, he's Derek Lewis. He's been around forever. He's a fan favorite. Uh, I'm a fan of Derek Lewis, whether he fights, you know, doesn't matter when he's fighting, I'm, I'm going to tune in. Uh, really, that that's that's really with anyone in the in the heavyweight division. Not just because I'm I'm doing like a scouting report, just because I like you said, I enjoy the heavyweight division. People enjoy watching us big heavyweights knock each other out. So that's what we do. And uh, yeah, so it was kind of it was kind of crazy to be standing across the cage from from Derek Lewis. Yeah, no, and it's crazy because you're you're it's it's amazing. You're right. You see these guys. You see you see yourself in there. It's tough to watch fight and watch somebody lose because. Like like to to tie to Ivasa uh, just knocked out Derek Lewis yeah. too, and I'm like I don't want anybody to lose. Like, is there a way that we can just yeah. hold hands at the end, like you know, like a WWE style? Yeah. Like, hey, this is it was amazing. Let's let's, <laughs> let's keep on going up in the rankings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like 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 you both uh, like you you enjoy both of those guys winning. You you enjoy both of those guys when they when they're fighting, and it, it sucks, you know, sometimes when when those guys have to fight each other. But that's how it is, man. That, that's the nature of the beast, and uh, you know sucks so when you get in the cage though regardless of who it is how do you switch on that like kill mode what what is what is it to you what is it even a kill mode uh it's not really a kill mode um it's more of a like a job like i i, I have a i have a job to do he's he's my problem he's the person who's standing across the octagon for me is is the the biggest problem in my life right then and there and, and um because he's trying to he's trying to break my face he's he's trying to knock me unconscious that's that is the only thing that I have to focus on and, and I have to be 100% dialed in so yeah i mean once we get into a few exchanges and if i get into a, a dominant position i might get a little uh you know violent with it saying like i might try and break this guy's face um like with Shamil i was upset with Shamil because of the whole the fight getting postponed and all that and then during the fight i flipped him off cuz he uh he tried doing a veteran move and poke him in the eye. So I, I wasn't really, I wasn't really having that. So I, I flipped on the bird and yeah, that, that, that created a, a little bit of an uproar. You know, you, you talk about the, the, the eye pokes and stuff like that, which just seem to yeah. be, I mean, they're, they're always common. Listen, there's always, there's always yeah. eye pokes. It's always something that when you have open uh, handed gloves, open finger gloves, it's going to happen, but they yeah. seem to be more f- affecting fights in the past few uh, cards that we've seen yeah is that something that you even are like on the rate of we should try to find some way to change that or you're just so focused on how to to game plan for your opponent you can't really focus on those those type of things yeah like like you know in in fight camp and and stuff like that when you when you have a fight signed up when you you're you're in that that work mode that that work mentality that the, the grind that i'm not really focusing on the little intricacies of the sport about how I can improve the sport, but outside of the camp, um, you know, just normal talking with, you know, teammates and stuff. Yeah. There, there, there definitely needs to be a change as far as, I don't know if it's glove design. I don't know if it's how we, 
how us fighters train, like, you know, because you have the bigger gloves on, like the 16-ounce boxing gloves or the kickboxing gloves, whatever you want to call them. And a lot of times with defenses, like, people will keep their hands out. The, the hands will be extended to give you that extra little inch. You know, you get that feel. So I don't know if that's like a – if it's a personal thing that each fighter needs to do and, and they need to start bringing, like, curling their hands in and, and actually closing their fists when they're when they're training to, to build up that muscle memory of – of, you know, like a lot of times guys will back off and their, their arms will be extended and then they'll leave their hands out. And that's when a lot of times guys get uh, eye poked. But I, I think that um, really the, the glove designs could 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 improve. I mean, I don't think they've really improved the glove design in like 15 years. So yeah. it would be cool to get new gloves. But yeah. <laughs> um, again, you have a So you've been this is going to be your fifth fight in the UFC or sixth fight. Excuse me. Sixth fight in the UFC. Sixth fight. Yeah. Sixth fight in the UFC. And now you're back to back headlining events. Tell yeah. me. Tell me that like the surreal feeling of that. I didn't think I was. I'm going to be honest. I didn't think I was going to get another main event anytime soon. I thought I was going back to the prelims. I thought it was going to be on the main card. Um it's all happening very fast. I, I didn't expect to, to get the Derek Lewis fight. I didn't expect to get the main event. And I certainly didn't expect to get the main event again, coming off a loss in a main event. Um, so yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's surreal. It's kind of mind blowing to, to think about it. Um, I honestly don't know thinking about it now. I don't know if anyone's ever had a back-to-back main event spot coming off a loss. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really crazy to think that the UFC has that much confidence in me and, and Curtis and all that to, to throw us into the main event spot. So it's it's really cool. I mean, but you have that confidence in yourself. So are you really that surprised? Oh yeah. No, no, I'm I'm not, but I'm a realist. I, I know I know how this game is going. Uh I, I know the how the UFC brass thinks. They they give you a shot. Um I dropped the ball on my my last main event. So, you know, I wasn't expecting to get that that hand out again. Um I'm extremely thankful that that I did get it. Uh, extremely grateful, but I just didn't expect it. I, I expected, you know, like I said, going back to uh, maybe like the main uh, main card spot, opening up the the main card, uh, late premiums, whatever. I, that's what I was expecting. Um, I kind of seen the Derek Lewis main event as okay, here's your shot, and then obviously I lost. I got knocked out, and I'm like, all right, well that was my shot. I got to work my way back up to a main event spot, and that's what I was fully expecting, but. When they called and said, hey, Curtis Blades, main event, I absolutely am jumping all over that. So it's funny because you you say you're a realist and the fighter mentality, maybe it's because of your, your you know, the, the you being a cop, maybe you have a different type of outlook on certain things, expectations or whatever. But the realist mentality is nice, but most fighters have that, I, you know, like you said, you deserve that, you'll get back there again. But I yeah. feel like a lot of people always feel like they should be in the hot. They should be in the spotlight. They should be fighting for a title. They should be main carding every single event. It, yeah. uh, you know, it, where where does that uh, humbleness come from? Uh, I guess just from how I grew up. Uh, you know, and and you know the the qualities and everything that was instilled in me growing up. Um, you know, coming from Philadelphia, it's you, you're not you're not given anything you're, you're supposed to earn everything that's that's my mentality at least how it was growing up you, nothing was ever given to you. you 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 had to earn everything and that's just how i live my life and that's how i expect the the fight business to go um obviously things things change in the fight business but i i was given the opportunity i earned the opportunity to to fight against Derek lewis and 
obviously that didn't go my way. So then in my mind, in my, you know, the blue collar mindset is all right, you had that shot, you're back down. You got to earn yourself all the way back up to that. So that, that's just how it was for me. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy that they just give me back to back spots. Well, you're an amazing personality. You're an amazing fighter. You know, it's something that like you. A, you and your brother too, Kyle, like they got to remember, like this is, I don't remember a, uh, the brothers coming up to the rankings again so quickly. Maybe the Diaz yeah. brothers. I mean, I honestly, I can't yeah. remember. That's a long time ago. Uh, How's it feel yeah. to, to even share this experience with your brother, Kyle? This is it, it's it's crazy to, to to think about that. Not only one of us is in the UFC, but we're both in the UFC. Uh, me and each of our respective divisions, and we're, we've been killing it. It's it's really great. Um, I don't know what that says about you know, how we were brought up, uh, how we've been training our, our lives and how we've, we've been able to, to just keep grinding and all that. But it's, it's, it's a true testament to the people that we've interacted with and the people that, you know, have helped us along this way. Listen, Chris, you know, it's, uh, you talked about the blue collar aspect and, you know, my brother's yeah. a police officer, so I totally respect everything that you've, you've done. I know that you gave that up for fighting. How, yeah. how difficult of a decision was that? Cause we see guys like Stipe Miocic, who I know it's a little different. It's, it's a lot different firefighters. It's a lot different. Stop. It is. I, I know, but, but still, but that's a, that's a huge decision by you. How, yeah. how was it easy to make that decision? No. Nah, it, it wasn't. It was uh, literally throwing a career. Uh, some people would say throwing a career away. It was the guaranteed paycheck every two weeks. It was the guaranteed health benefits for not only myself, but my family, my my wife, my son. Uh, you know, my wife's pregnant, so she's she's due in June. The, the congratulations. The thank you, thank you. The the guaranteed health benefits for for my soon to be daughter. Like to just be like, okay. I'm not going to do that anymore. Like it's, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy to, to think that, you know, that decision was not made in, you know, in, in haste that that's been a decision that I've had in the back of my mind for the past 10 years, the, the past 11 years that if, if I had the opportunity to leave the department and fully pursue fighting as a full-time job, as like a full-time career, I would absolutely do it. And, you know, after 10 years, it just worked out after 10 years, I can get a little bit of a pension plan, um, you know, for when I retire, and I'm fully in on this fighting now, and I I can't wait. What what was the what was the highest ranking you had in, in as an officer? Just a regular old cop, man. Just a regular street cop. I was I didn't like taking tests. I didn't like being in charge of dummies because I worked with a bunch of dummies, and there was no way that I was going to be in charge of them and be responsible for the dumb shit that they did. So it was better for me just to be a cop and just run around like a nut and make problems for my supervisors what was the worst part about it because I, I mean i hear all the stories from my brothers my friends everybody that's been they have they always have that one story where it was oh you you, you should have been there for this like guy had an axe that guy had this like what was yeah. is there one story in particular where it's like this was this is a this is tough uh shootings are tough uh handling shootings uh getting shot at sucks i don't know if you've ever been shot at that that, no. gets, that sucks <laughs> Yeah, that, that, well, it sucks. Uh, that, um, and the, the whole thing with the firefighters, like, like I'm, I'm a, I'm an adrenaline junkie. So we get calls how it works in Philadelphia for really any kind of emergencies that the police do. Uh, we show up and we let the firefighters know what happened. Um, so like going into burning houses and like being on the third floor of a fully engulfed house. And the only way out is the stairwell and you can't see shit. And apparently there's people inside the house still and you're searching rooms and 
you can't breathe and the fire is getting really hot. Like when I'm, I'm literally wearing like a t-shirt, a vest and like uh, a button down t-shirt and like dress pants and my pants are melting. Like that's pretty bad. I turn to look at my partner and I'm like, dude, we got to get out of here. Cause if we don't get out of here now, I'm, I don't think we're getting out of here type thing. So yeah, that was, that was probably one of the worst. Yeah. That's that. That's crazy. Listen again, and, and there's no easy. Uh, that's a job, and I respect all the work that you you did for that too. I also respect the fact that you were able to retire to to stop doing that and and, and commit to fighting because that just shows yeah. the type of person that you are, the talent that you are. And again, this is th- there's a dream fight that I'm going to talk about in a second. But first, let's just go back to okay. the the one that's up in front of us right now. You all got right, you, you got it. You got Curtis Blades. Ex- yeah. This is guy one of the top wrestlers in the sport. He's he is prone, though, to the knockout. He can be knocked out. We've seen that before. Yep. How was your approach to Curtis in this fight? Stuff the takedowns. Uh, you know, obviously, he's like you said, one of the best wrestlers in the in the game. Um, I actually think on paper he's the the best wrestler in the heavyweight division. I think he's got the most takedowns in a fight, the most takedowns in the heavyweight history. Um, so yeah, this is going to be a really good test. But you know, just just stopping stopping those takedowns as best I can. I'm not an idiot. I'm not a fool. I'm not a dumb guy. I fully expect at some point in this fight, this 25 minute fight, to be pushed up against the cage, be fending the takedowns, and at some point being on my back. Uh, I'm not dumb. I have game plan for all this, but um, I think the the key and the consistency to beating Curtis Blades is to not accept those those things and to impose my will on him. Uh, you see in his past fights, uh, especially in his more recent fights, that. He tends to push his pace. He tends to impl- uh, impose his will. And the guys that accept that and then they start the fight back as the fight as the, the fight gets later and later, things start to change. Things start to change in their favor. And um, a lot of times, uh, if you would have done it earlier in the fight, the fight would have been completely different in my opinion. And that's just what I plan on doing. I, I don't plan on accepting any kind of position from him and just, just really just taking it to him, just being in his face. You know, the heavyweight division is one that you can flex a little bit with the weight. How yeah. heavy do you want to go in, or do you want to go in lighter uh, uh, versus Curtis Blades? Um, really, kind of just kind of being at the same spot. It's you know, I'm I'm not trying to get too too big. I'm probably I'll I weighed in I think for the Derek Lewis fight. I think it was like two thirty one, two thirty five, something like that. I'll probably be another five to ten pounds heavier. Uh, probably come weigh-in day um and it's it's really i mean you can't transform your body you can't gain that much muscle mass you can't do all that naturally in in a short time frame so it's it's a big it's a big thing that i have to uh wrestle with and it's a big thing that i'm you know really going over my career with as opposed to like do i stay on the on the smaller side as far as like a lot of the great heavyweights have done such as steep uh kane all those guys or do I go bigger, like the the new breed, the the old breed of heavyweights, like the Francis's and all those guys? Like they're like they're big, like really big. So it's uh, it's yes, it, it's interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly interesting to to wrestle with that in my in my head. So I'm comfortable where I'm at, and like I said, I'll probably be another ten pounds heavier coming in on this fight, and that's just to to help with uh with the wrestling defense and, and stuff like that. So that you can check out that event Saturday, March 26th versus uh, Curtis Blades, the main event. Well, I'm looking forward to it. It's a huge, huge fight for you. Uh, yeah. Just a huge fight in general because whenever heavyweights are on, it's always a fun fight, no matter what. 
But to yeah. me, there's one fight that really does make the most sense. Now, you tell me how off-base I am. In, okay. New, in New York, I mean, it doesn't make a difference if it's New York City, if it's Manhattan, if it's Yonkers, where I'm from. Uh, police versus firefighters always have their events, whether it's a boxing match, whether it's a, a pickup game, whether it's a, a hot. We had huge hockey events uh, near me and Yonkers. Like, there's always a huge event. Put you, Chris Dacus versus Stipe Miocic. Firefighter yeah. versus police officer yeah. in a cage, in a main event. Talk about the headlines. Could, have you dreamt about that, or is that just me right now? Yeah. No, I, I've called for that flight. Uh, I've called for it after the Shamil fight. I, I got on the mic with DC. I called for that. Um, I'm ready. Yeah, I, I think that that would absolutely sell out if the UFC wants to make a shit ton of money. Uh, <laughs> put it in Madison Square Garden. Put it in Las Vegas. Put it no. wherever they want. Put it, put it wherever you guys want, and uh, we'll make a shit ton of money. We'll go to the, uh, Texas. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, Philly, that's fine. I'll, I'll beat him up in his in his backyard in uh, in Ohio, wherever the hell he wants to do. But yeah, like like you said, we always have the uh, the firefighters versus the cops in the boxing matches over here in Philadelphia. So it's uh, it's something that's that's truly ingrained to me, and I would gladly test myself against the who I consider probably the the greatest heavyweight of all time. Have you been in a room with Stipe before? Is that had there been interactions with you two? The only interaction I ever had was with Stipe was my UFC debut. Uh, it was the trilogy fight with uh, Stipe in DC. That's when I made my debut. And uh, just briefly, just saying, hey, what's up? Uh, yeah, so it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool meeting him. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to you guys meeting again. This time in yeah, the cage, same. lock the doors. Let's go, uh, Chris. Let's go. Anything else you'd like to promote? Obviously, the, uh, March 26th versus Curtis Blades. We're looking forward to anything else yep. that you'd like to promote for yourself? Yeah, just you know, on social media, if you guys want to reach out, I'm I'm the type of guy that I truly interact with anyone who really reaches out. Um, if I don't interact, it's just because I'm so overwhelmed with messages. So don't get discouraged. I'll, I'll get back to you. Uh, people that have been supporting me, uh, Fuel Hunt, uh, Performance Meal Prep, Pain and Fleet Services, all those guys. Uh, the guys who have been really in the gym with me day in and day out, uh, even before I got signed into the UFC, I really appreciate those guys, the Hill Brothers, Angelo, Oleg, um, Appleby, uh, Pat Brady, Kale, John, all those guys, my brother, obviously, and everyone at the gym, Martinez, BJJ, I really appreciate you guys. Uh, and finally, just because before we came on, I was complimenting you on your beard. It's, it's amazing. I miss yeah. it. I had one, not as thick, but I had one that was growing very nicely. But it constantly, I, I, I constantly was told I have to trim it. I have to trim it. Now, your no. wife is okay with this. My wife loves it. She had me baby face for being a cop. I had to shave every day for, you know, 10 plus years. And, uh, yeah, the moment I started growing it, she fell in love and she said, you're never cutting your beard ever again. So it, it'll get longer. I'll, I'll trim it up a little bit, but I, I really don't get it any, uh, any shorter than this. So this is, this is it. Do right you here. do you do scissors or is there like an actual number to the blade? Do you even use a blade? I don't even use that now. My the, the guy who get my haircut done. He he does it. He he trims everything up. He makes it all nice because I like take chunks out and then I end up having to shave it. And my wife would make me sleep on the couch for three weeks while it grows back. So it's not good. I I was told that I I can't go baby's face. I have to go like one and a half. That's the I need that stubble. The fresh stubble's okay, yeah. but nothing more than yeah. that. So I'm like every other week I got to shave. And dude, I can't stand shaving. I can't do it. I want to look like that. that I hate it. That's beautiful it. to me, man. God. 
Thank you. I'm very Thank you. I appreciate that. Listen, Chris, all the luck and and God bless you and and to the baby too that's coming your way. Congratulations yep. on all the success, and we look Thank forward you. to seeing that. And want to have you back on after your victory after uh, March 26th. All right, my friend. Let's go. Let's go, man. Whenever you're ready, let's go. All right, Chris, be safe. All right, thanks, Pete. Appreciate you, man. Uh, thank you, Chris. Uh, is listen. I think that really could be, and I know he's probably said it before too. So that that's not like groundbreaking, but Stepe Miocic versus Chris Dacus, police versus firefighters. Though those are always huge in general. Now you're putting it on a main stage in the octagon. That's gonna be crazy. I'm looking forward. I'm hopefully. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Making that happen. All right, let's get to the next interview. Now, he lost his last fight again, but he still has the same positive attitude. Here he is, Terrence McKinney. This is the Fight Fan with your host, Pete Hoffman, being joined right now by one of the most electrifying fighters in the UFC right now. Um, his fights don't go on very long, but he always brings it. Terrence McKinney, thank you so much for the time. Uh, how are you feeling today, after a few days after your your previous fight, your last fight? Uh, I'm feeling just fine. There was no injuries. I already been training like every day and making sure I'm running, so we never have to get tired again. Listen, Terrence, the one thing that I continuously say. The excitement factor is a hundred percent. Seeing you step into the cage is a hundred percent. It's you, you're you're you have to watch every second of your fight. It's nonstop. You know the one thing I saw is that you you there's a few things you needed to take away from this fight. Give me the, the you talk about the stamina, but is there something else that that you're really gonna focus on? In, in, you know, going into next fight. Uh, just make sure. Um... I start picking my shots after I have a person hurt, uh, just not to see red and be so bloodthirsty, just to calm down the finish will come. Because every time I was hurting him, hitting him, like it hurt him. And I could tell he wasn't liking it. So as you guys see it, like who would get excited? I, every time I hit him, I'm like, 
Yo, he's not liking this. It's time to get this motherfucker out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Terrence, he looked. I, I Drew Dober. You know, he's always that. That the, you know, he's got a good composure about him. But after that first flurry, he gets up. I mean, his face after a minute of the fight was all busted open, busted up. It looked terrible. I'm like, oh my god, this fight's gonna finish real soon. And you're right. It, it things changed, and maybe you got a little excited. But that's kind of like your MO, though, right? I mean, think think about how you even got into the first fight in the UFC. First of all, everything was last minute. You you, you filled in last minute to fight Matt Frivola. You know, um, the, la- the fight after that, you had some time to, to figure things out and had a little bit more of a camp. But this is just your MO, I feel like, in the sport. Is is that do you want to take a step back or, or you kind of want to continue the flow? I want to continue the flow. I'm not injured, never was hurt. Uh, so I'm ready to get back in. It just sucks, like the commission. So I gotta wait, uh, like 45 days. But expect to see me back in two months. Easy. Who is there? Someone that you have in mind? Is it someone that UFC is presenting to you, or does what's what's going on for Terrence McKinney next fight? Uh, they haven't given me a name yet, but they they know I can hang with the best in the division. He hang with Islam, everyone. So it shows that my technique is right there with the very best of them. So wherever they throw at me, I'll be ready to go. No, that's for sure. I mean, I, I think we, I think we know that. I think that we know about that about Terrence McKinney. And the one thing, you like, not for nothing, dude. The last fight you lost. It's an L. You know, not everyone takes it the right way. You seem like you got a good head on your shoulders. Uh, you look like someone who. And first of all, in MMA, in especially UFC, I mean, give me a fighter who doesn't lose. Right, you did it in a, in a way, a gracious way. You're learning already. You're young, but you're figuring things out. You know, how did you? Who helped you? Uh, I, obviously, it's yourself. You are your own self. But was there someone else that kind of like has helped push you to keep that positivity? Uh, just uh, my teammates, my family, just everyone around me supporting me and the fans. Um, and I took that on short notice, so like. For me to come out there and perform like that, um, I got nothing to be sad about. Uh, you win with pride, you lose with pride, and my head's going to be held high every time. And I had a wonderful time. Uh, I didn't like some of the things the refs did, but it's cool. Um, expect a first-round finish when I get back, 110%. Uh, so I got a, a, one of my buddy of mine, a buddy of mine texted me immediately after the fight. He's like, BS stoppage. It was BS. You talk about how the ref, you know, you don't like some of the things the ref did. Do you think it was an early stoppage? Did you, did you complain at uh, all? Yes, 100%. Um, I think the ref thought I got kneed in the face, but I only got kneed in the body. I was never hurt. I Was was I tired? Yes, 100,000%. But I, I was never out of that fight, never hurt. He's, and he didn't give me the warning. He just stopped the fight. I'm like, what the heck? That's why I was looking at him. I was so confused. Like, he didn't give me no warning or anything. Just stopped the fight. And you seem to be very chatty. You're someone who has no problem talking, speaking to the refs, and whatnot. So, so the fact yeah. that there was no conversation because I usually see that a lot. Like your people give thumbs up. We saw Kevin Holland a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, he with, didn't come up to joke. me. He, was like, hey. he just stopped the fight. It was like the most bullcrap thing I ever seen. Now, and and one more thing, when he stopped the fight to give my mouth guard to let him recover, I thought I just booted this mother effer in the head, like, <laughs> and he wanted to give us a huge break. I was like, dude, you let this dude recover. I just had to calm down because you guys know I'm professional. So I calmed myself down there. But I was like, I was thinking like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? You just let him recover. Because he made me miss out on five free punches right there to give him my mouth guard when he could have just stuck it right in my mouth when I was on bottom or right when we stood up right there. Should have just stuck my mouth, not bringing me all the way back to the cage, man. That's ridiculous. 
You know, we talk about this all the time, Terrence. Like, listen, you're 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 twelve and four. You're so you have you you've have experience. You've had a ton of fights. You were in the LFA. We've been through fights where there's so much momentum going, and then there's a cup shot. There's an eye poke. Whatever the case is, there's a pause of momentum. Obviously, you you want to fight, but is there's a lot of pl- gamesmanship here. The, your opponent gets a time, gets a little break in the action. Do you really think that that had a lot of lot to do with how the uh, the result finished? This this this. Yes, because if you count how many seconds he had, it 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 made him. Because I saw him stumbling over to the side, and then by the time the ref was like, "All right, put your mouth out in now," I was like, "Why can't I put it in early?" And and he's like, "Put it in." I looked over. I was like, "All right, he's completely good now." Literally, literally made miss out on five free hits right there because he was rocked bad. Because I timed it so perfectly. It's like, as soon as I saw that hand get off the ground, I was like, I'm kicking you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> what is, what, what, let me ask you a question. Because the one thing, I, I love how you're, it's, you're, you're so quick to everything. You're so fast. You're so explosive. But take me back a, a little bit further in your career, a little bit earlier in your career. Who helped you, guide you, made you so aggressive? Or was that something that you always were? It's just something I always wear. Same with wrestling, uh, same with anything. Uh, I just believe in not leaving the fights in the hands of the judges or my wrestling man because you guys see people get screwed over every time. So when I'm out there, that's life and death to me. Like that's that's me losing half my money or getting the whole money. So I'd rather not leave that in the hands of the judges. Like I'd rather it up to me how much money I get, not the judges. Hey, listen, and money, money is always a real thing with everybody, no matter what. Um, did Mick Maynard, Dana White, did anybody come to you and say, dude, don't even worry about it. We're going to get you back. Thanks for, thank you for coming so last minute on, on another short notice fight. Thank you. And we'll get you back in as soon as possible. And a good, another good opponent. Did they, have you had any real conversations yet? Uh, not yet. Um, I just been chilling my team, but enjoying my family and just being home and just taking a quick little break. Not too crazy, but I'm still training every day, but. Just enjoy just finally getting a break because, as you guys know, I've been all balls to the walls lately, and it's just because I'm fighting for something bigger than this. I got a dream, and I refuse to not make it happen. Terrence, what is that What is that main? What is that end goal? Is there an end goal? Is it always continuous? Well, it's always continuous, but the, the main goal right now is to get the belt by the end of next year, and I'll do whatever it takes to make that happen. Well, in the UFC, the one thing is again, like I, I talk about it, we I don't like to always talk about losing because that 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 always has a bad uh, tone to it. But it is growing, you know. And in, in yeah. MMA and UFC, it happens all the time. We've seen plenty of people look at a Dustin Poirier. Uh, obviously, his career maybe it took a little bit longer to get back to the title, but again, you you're coming in last minute, blah blah blah. It it happens. But you're in a sport where. L's don't really mean as much as people think because there's so many fighters out there that continue to rise. Unless you're Khabib Nurmagomedov, you're continuing to rise and, and you always have opportunity. And how was it, by the way, speaking of Khabib, to meet Khabib Nurmagomedov? Oh, man, like that's a moment I'll never forget. The dude's so humble, such a good guy, and it was an honor. And it was an honor to lose, too, because now I know what things I need to work on and and what's going to make me a complete UFC champion. And I know what that's going to take to push me just above that marker where the regular guys are in. Who was the first fighter that you got kind of, not, not saying all struck or whatever, but was there someone that you met 
You're like, oh my goodness, I remember watching this guy on TV, or I can't believe I'm in the same room as this person right now. Uh, probably Israel Adesanya, the big one, biggest one. Yeah, Izzy's amazing. What what about Izzy? Uh, did, and did he make you? Did you talk to him at all? Did you make? Did he make you feel cool? Like, how was his personality up close and personal? Um, he was very humble. Like, like I, he asked me what my name was, and that was really cool of him, man. Because I, that was like my first fight ever in the UFC for him to want to know my name shows what kind of guy he is, and he continues to be a great champion on Ultimate, and that's what I want to want to implement in my career. Well, listen, dude, you're you're making your way up there. It's only been a short burst, but Terrence McKinney has made the rounds, dude. Like that, does that feel a little surreal to you at all, or you're like, this is expected, this is expectations. When I'm going to be a champion, so my name has to be in in the, in the headlines constantly. Yeah, man. Like I said, I'm here to be a fan favorite, you know, because I know my story can change people's lives. So I want to reach as many people as possible. And it starts by building my name and letting people know how I got here because none of this is possible without without God. And, and for me to take a defeat, but win at the same time, it just shows like God is moving in my life. And like I said, I'm happy about this defeat and I'm happy with all the victories I got to accumulate as well through this career you say that you're you know you can definitely help change lives make people's lives better your story is an amazing story give someone a quick uh you know background on you that could really you know hone in on what you you want your message to be um just for people to never give up because people who counted me out i died twice i've been kicked out of school and just for me to be so close to being ranked in the UFC at a such a short amount of time, it shows people that anything's possible if you put your mind to it and not give up. Was there ever a point in time that you felt like giving up? Yes, but um, like I tell people, failure is not an option. You know, uh, given losing and stuff, that's just that's part of the the game, man. Not every, every millionaire didn't just become a millionaire; they had to take their arrows to to get to the top like they say you got to slay a few dragons to get hmm. to the princess man you got to take those L's to to get to the the final goal baby are you a video gamer are you a gamer at all or no nah not really i play 2k here and there and fortnite nothing too crazy some madness sometimes and that's about it if terrence mckinney is not in the gym is not fighting is not watching fights what is terrence mckinney doing um Probably um, at my house watching movies or I'm honestly like, this is my lifestyle. Like, I, I, I really don't do much, you know, because my mom always tells me, like, she said, you got your whole life to celebrate when you're done. So until I have the belt, like, what, what's the point of celebration? There's nothing to celebrate. Like, these are just all minor stepping stones to where I want to be. So I won't celebrate these things until I have my final goal. Dude, you're very humble, and I understand and respect that. Just don't forget that sometimes it's nice to take a little bit in, too, because you got to – listen, I, you seem to have that type of stature. You see you're the good person. You're going to be around for a very long time, but it's nice to enjoy it a little bit, too. You have to be able to do that because, listen, as you get older, you're going to be like, oh, remember that moment? I don't remember as well. It's going to happen. Those days you're going to be like, oh, I wish I took that in a little more. Um, Terrence McKinney is with us right now. And, you know, again, back to the humble aspect of it. You know, your mother's someone that you really look up to. Um, is there someone else that, that besides your mother that you really were, were always looked up to as well? 
uh, Mike Chiesa and just most importantly, like God was my main influence growing up and uh, it helped me have structure and helped me know that like he was there during the good and the bad times. So it keeps me positive and just counting the few blessings that I got because even though I was down, I was like, I'm alive. It's, it could be worse. Like, I don't care what people call me crackhead, but I'd rather be a crackhead that's alive than dead, you know? So it's just all motivation. Like, like I tell people, the best revenge is success, you know? Like, don't talk. Just show these people, man. Let them keep down. And then once once you get to that spot, it's going to feel that much sweeter. What about Mike Chiesa? What, what, is a, what is something that we don't know that behind the scenes that, that Terrence McKinney knows about Mike Chiesa? Uh, that he's hilarious and the dude's big as hell. Like people, <laughs> people don't understand how big Mike is. He's a big dude. Yeah, no, he's listen, and he does have a personality. He shows it a little bit. He has his moments. He's, you know, he's when he's on ESPN Plus and doing the analytical stuff too. I, I, I see it. He's got he's got some personality going. And listen, I I like that you have mentors. I like that people are are there for you because it's always good. The one thing that I always worry about, and I, I talk to fires all the time. I'm always like, I want to make sure that you're taken care of. You know, no matter what, that you know, we see you in the cage. We see those moments. We see the highs. We see the lows. But I don't see you. After you walk out, I don't see what happens to you for the next few weeks. We we like to make sure that you're surrounded around good people. Do you think the UFC uh, puts you in a good place after you walk out of that cage? Uh, most definitely, because right away, like they don't make us stay in the cage area. We right away we need to go uh, link up with our families and teammates and just um, just let it all still can, which is really nice. That's awesome, uh, Terrence. Just a couple more questions. Uh, for you, we said you want to get back in the cage in about two months. You're, you're, you would like to. You didn't have any name specifically. Whoever's going to be in mind, but you, you have a game plan. You want to get. You want to be a champion by next year. How many, t- how many fights do you think it'll take? Uh, at this rate, I think I'm still in a good spot. Um. Uh, so what did you do over like 18? I think probably like 10 more fights. 10 more fights. That's a lot of fights in two years or in a, in a year plus. That's a lot of fights, but you seem to be game for it. We're looking forward to it. Anything that Terrence McKinney wants to promote besides, you know, just, you know, the faith and, and whatnot and just never give up. Is there something, whether it's uh, any other projects you have going on the side, anything that Terrence McKinney wants to shout out? Um, shout out to my podcast, Reckless. You guys. Uh, get ready for that. I'm about to be uh, shooting my first episode today, so look out for that for the end of the weekend. Terrence, thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. Best of luck. Heal up, even though you're you're good. But get ready because we can't wait to see you back in the cage. You got a lot of fans here in New York, so thank you so much for the time, and I appreciate it. Thank you, brother, and thank you guys for having me on the show. And all you guys have a blessed evening. I'm looking to see when Terrence McKinney gets back in cage. Listen, that guy has. He's been taking care of business once he gets in the cage. He has a huge output of energy when he gets in the cage. He just has to learn to contain it a little bit more. But he's got the power. He's got the he's got the build. He's got the he he just like I said, he needs to work on his stamina a little bit more too. But it but there's nothing to take away from what he did against Drew Dobro because he looked like he was about to take him out. That just really what it comes down to is um it was a last minute fight for him. He went in there he looked good, and uh, the maybe maybe 
a little bit more homework next time versus Drew Dober. We'll put him in a better spot. Um, next up, final interview of the episode. Here he is, Cody Brundage. This is a fight fan with your host, Pete Hoffman, being joined by a very special guest, victorious last week. He is Cody Brundage. Congratulations, and thank you so much for joining the show. How you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. So take me through this previous fight. This is the second fight in the UFC. You've had the you'll have you've had the contender series opportunity as well. You seem like you had a very specific game plan versus uh, versus Dolce. Explain to me. You were so committed. You were going to find a way to submit him. Uh, is that how you plan this whole fight to go? Not really. You know, I actually thought I would. It'd be more like a, a crash on the feet, like both of us coming forward. Uh, but we got in a grappling exchange early, and he he hit me with an uppercut and buzzed me. So then at that point, I was like, okay, I need to survive, hide a little bit, you know, hide my head, don't take too much damage. And, um, you know, he was throwing a lot of shots, uh, but not many of them were getting through, uh, clean at least. You know, he, he obviously is a powerful guy, a strong guy, but I didn't feel like I was taking too much damage other than the uppercut that buzzed me. But, yeah, so it was hard for me to – my game plan was crash. It was hard to crash when I was a little rocked. Uh, so – you know, he kind of gassed out and gave me an opportunity, which was great. But, yeah, that wasn't necessarily my game plan, but I'm glad it worked out. When you're in that moment, though, when you say, like, you know, you get rocked or whatever the case is, and are you conscious? Are you in the moment going, okay, how am I going to – how can I stay in this fight? What's the best – are you are you thinking while you're in it or are you just kind of going off of uh, instinct of what you've learned in the past? So, at first, you know, when you're buzzed, it's, you're not really thinking too much, but – uh, I was able to kind of get my wits about me uh, maybe like 30 seconds after he rocked me. And then it was like, okay, let's avoid uh, getting back to our feet right away. Cause the guy's powerful, explosive. Obviously we don't want to take a ton of damage. And then also uh, I could hear my coaches, you know, yelling out time. I looked at Mark Smith at one point. He's like, you got to fight back. I was like, I'm good. We had like conversation. So I felt in it. Uh, I would do like a spinning elbow, which anytime you're throwing like spinning attacks, you're normally pretty well aware of distance and, and uh, in it so to speak. Um, so I felt in it. Yeah. I felt like before I jumped that guillotine, I was like, okay, his biggest knock is his cardio. I felt like he was going all out to finish me. And even if I hadn't got that guillotine, I was like thinking in my mind, I'm like, okay, what's he going to have in two and three? Like I lost this round for sure, but what's he going to have in two and three? I can come back, get the win. So I felt pretty mentally in it for sure. Um, you know, this is your second, again, second fight in the UFC. Uh, in the contender series, you've you've the previous opponent was Nick Maximoff, who is no joke either. You haven't really gone up against the. Uh, you haven't had an easy fight uh, in the UFC yet. But how do you feel? Like they are they testing you? Are they what? What do you think their goal is for you? Uh, well, I think I have high expectations for sure. Uh, I just think once you lose, you got to go like they put you on, you're on the wrong side at that point. Right. And then you got to beat someone. Maybe you're not necessarily supposed to beat to get on the right side of winning. Uh, I was able to do that, but yeah, I mean, my whole career, you know, I've always tried to fight tough competition. Everyone I've ever lost to, even in my amateur career in my pro career are either in the UFC or a top 10 guy in Bellator. So I, I have pride in that, you know, I'm not losing the guys that, that aren't good. Uh, and I'm competing pretty hard with everyone. So that's something I take pride in and uh, I feel good about. You know, like it's one of these things where again, you're still very early in your career, uh, especially for the UFC. I always talk about this with people, like you know, to get a loss so early, you know, especially your first, first real, you know, the contender series, first fight in the UFC, to come back to bounce back and win. Were you when you got clocked, when you got rocked, were you even thinking about like 
I this might be the last shot in this UFC in here, or do I? Where, where, where? When do you think of like the negative spin of like, okay, I, I this is it. I'm backed against the corner. I have to come out victorious in this fight, no matter what. Yeah, that's how I felt. You know, I felt like uh, if I had lost, that uh, you know, you, I, there's obviously you're thinking you're going to get cut. I don't think that necessarily in the fight. Uh, I think that's pretty tough to to think that. Uh, you know, it'd be hard to compete with that thought on your mind. But, but you're also talking you're to Mark. That. You're also talking to Mark Smith, though. Too. That's the other thing. I have. It always amazes me the the conversations that go through in in the in the cage itself. Because you're sitting there talking to the ref. You have to be conscious. You have to be able to talk to the ref. And you're there's so many different levels going on. Those so many different layers going on while you're in the cage. Yeah, for sure. You know, there's a there's a lot like you have the craziest thoughts before you fight. You know, obviously I was thinking about like, am I going to even have a job after this? You know, if, if I lose, will, will I have a job? If I, if I lose, will I even be able to look myself in the mirror? If I lose this way, you know, I remember thinking that like, Oh, there's no way this guy's just going to steamroll me in the first round. Are you kidding me? And like, that's a tough thought to deal with when like you're putting in so many hours, I'm putting in time away from my family, sacrificing so much and uh, to lose in the way that it was going would have been really, really tough. You know, you talk about, uh, you know, your, your time away from your t- family right now. You're currently with your family, with your daughter. She's one years old and you're in the hospital right now. You're working on a specific diet for her. Can you explain to me a little bit of, of you know, we, we I have kids. I know, you know, uh, explain to me how it is to be a father in in the UFC, in the MMA world. Yeah, you know, my wife fought in the UFC as well. So our, fi- our family is a family of fighters and. Uh, I'm fortunate that she understands the sacrifice that it is uh, because it is a huge sacrifice. You know, like a lot of fighters, people think once you make it to the UFC, you made it. And that's not necessarily true. You know, like uh, I'm still uh, I'm still working a full time job, even though I'm fighting. So I go from practice to work and then I get home, maybe see my daughter for 30 minutes. And the parent role is really on my wife and our daughter has disabilities. So it's even more of a a stressor and, and things like that. So, yeah, it's not easy. Um, but like I said, my wife's been there. She's done that. She, she knows the the game and, and she understands the sacrifice it takes to be successful. And she's never tried to hold it against me that that's what I'm doing or, or that's what I'm pursuing. What is the, um, you know, for you to be the toughest part being away, especially with a child with disability, you know, does that take an extra toll on you? For sure. You know, I feel like that's the biggest toll because I am at the end of the day, I'm doing what I love. You know, I love fighting. I'd rather fight than, than be at an office job behind a desk, you know, like, uh, it is my passion, so I feel fortunate to be able to do that. But it is hard to be away from family, and, and you're traveling a lot, and you're on the road, and, and you're missing things that maybe other parents might take for granted because they get to see it or they're there more. So, uh, you know, I, I love what I do, and and I there's nothing I could really say bad other than, yeah, the sacrifice of not being there for, for little moments and big moments is tough sometimes. And now you said of, of just a uh... – figure out she has a disability what's the disability out of curiosity uh, so she has a gene mutation it's called alg13 uh it's super rare there's only been like 40 cases ever of this mutation and basically it just predisposes her to being prone to epilepsy major developmental delays uh mentally and physically so it's uh it's a pretty serious thing there's not a ton of cases so there's not really a great long-term prognosis on, on what her future looks like you know we know that she's going to need us for the rest of her life and uh, you know, that her future is going to be intertwined with ours forever. So that's kind of, you know, when we first found out, it's kind of tough to deal with. Um, being a parent, I think I've said it before, but it's, it's just hard in general. And, and when things happen outside of your control, it, it's really tough. And there's a lot of dark days, but me and my wife are, are 
hopeful. And, and like I said, we're fighters. Our daughter's going to be a fighter. And um, yeah, we're hopeful for the future. We're working with her really hard to, to minimize the delays and things like that. So uh, yeah, just hopeful moving forward for sure. Yeah. I mean, if you talk about the, to be gifted, to be part of that family, you and your wife, I mean, that's got to be a blessing of itself just to be part of the, of you guys, to be that our fighters that understand the fight that don't give up. So that in itself is amazing. Uh, is there some place that we can go to learn more? Is there some place to, to donate anything like that in particular that you have there, Cody? Uh, I don't have uh, a place to donate, but you know what? After my fight, I kind of talked about what was going on with her, and I had so many people reach out and say, hey, we want to support, we want to donate. So, you know, that's something I'm looking into more, whether I'm going to start my own uh, place, because like I said, it's a super rare thing, or if uh, I'm just going to get behind and, and partner up with somebody. But moving forward, I definitely will have uh, a place for people to go, and uh, I'm sure I'll post it on my social media. And, and just I didn't realize maybe necessarily how many people – cared or it mattered to or, or wanted to support and, and once i realized that one it felt really good obviously but then also it's like okay well let's make it happen you know yeah the, the, that's the one thing that you're right just because you're in the ufc doesn't mean that you've made it but you have a platform and you have a lot of people that you know that will do things for you so you should take advantage of it for sure what is the uh the next thing for cody brundage as far as the fight game goes you know do you have to recover is there any sort of like suspension i know that they always list you know 30 days or whatever the hell is there anything that that when's the next time cody brundage wants to get back in the cage i'm hoping like june or july you know i have a couple teammates that are, are booked around that time uh it's always good to be in camp with your teammates i feel like it's a good push and, and you're both grinding for the same things and uh so yeah i'm hoping june or july i took six months off in between the maximum fight and this last one i don't necessarily want to take that much time off again i feel like I'm getting better and better every time, but I just want to crank out some wins and keep the momentum going. Do you have an opponent or does it make not make a difference to you? You just want to keep on cr- crushing and regardless of who it is. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with whoever, you know, I, I a lot of guys that I, I would like to get matched up with are, are getting booked just recently in the last few days. You know, I wanted to fight that J- Jacob Malkoon kid. Uh, I think he's talented. He's a good grappler. We're kind of at similar points in our career, but he just got booked with Brandon Allen. So, uh, yeah, I don't really care, man. I, I'm, I'm game for whoever. I feel like I fought, like when I fought on contender series, I fought William Knight, who's like the biggest specimen at 205. And then I fought Dolce this last fight, who's probably the biggest specimen at 185. So, uh, I'm not scared to fight anybody, you know, and, and I feel like I match up well with most people in the division. So, uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see who they try to book me with. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Cody, if I asked you there, you know, there's always a goal of, of grandeur title shot. If I ask you what what type of path would you have to take to get there? Do you see one in the next year or two? Uh title shot in the next year or two? Um probably not. Uh I just feel like I've only been a pro uh it'll be 3 years in April. So you know I've only been a pro fighter for 3 years and not that I'm I mean obviously that would be amazing, right? But I'm not in uh that big of a rush to get there. You know, I want to win and and our coach always calls it hiding behind wins i have so much to get better at you know i i'm happy to get the win this weekend and get the bonus and things like that it's awesome but if i said that was my best performance then i'd be lying you know that wasn't my best performance i can do much better and uh i want to just keep hiding behind wins and continuing to grow continuing to get better so that when we do get to the title shot we do get to the top 10 that we're ready to go there's no uh hesitation and no question I love the we factor. I mean, dude, you're the one who's stepping in there. But the reality is, and a lot of people forget that it is a we thing because you have a team 
with you constantly. They're, and I'm not sure your approach or you, someone that goes into a, a fight camp and relies on your team to to dictate your approach of your opponent, or are you sitting there doing all the homework too? Oh, it's it's definitely a, a team effort. You know, I do the homework. Uh, I do the extra work because those guys, like we always say, my name's on the back of the jersey, but uh, my coach and my team's name's on the work, right? So, like, yeah, you're representing yourself, but I'm not going to go out there and, and not have put in the work and, and look like a fool and my team look like a fool because I wasn't willing to put in the extra stuff. I, I, I'm very proud to be a part of Factory X. I think Factory X is the best gym in the world. I, I truly believe that. I feel like we got a bunch of killers. I feel like we don't necessarily get the respect we deserve a lot, but uh, I'm very proud to be a part of that team and, and represent that banner and coach Mark and, and my teammates. And uh, so for sure, I, I, I love the team aspect of the sport. I mean, I love the individual aspect as well, but I love being part of the team. Listen, Cody, I appreciate the time. Is there anything else that you want to put out there, promote, tell anybody? Uh, no, I'm all good, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Again, go follow Cody if you want to. Uh, again, it's not donate yet, but he's going to try. I think he's going to do some something soon to to help out. Um, his his child again. I know some people that have uh, children with disabilities and stuff like that. So that's something that you know, if you can go help, that would be very nice. All right, thank you again to Cody Brundage, to Terrence McKinney, to uh, to who else did we have on? Oh yeah, we had Chris Dacus, who's headlining March twenty sixth versus Curtis Blades. Again, follow me at the Hoff WFAN, the Fight Fan WFAN on Twitter at Hoff. WFAN for TikTok, at the Five Fan with Pete Hoffman. Everywhere else, that's that's the uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, WFAN.com, Odyssey app. And don't forget, this weekend, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Sunday morning, I will be on the fan. Check me out there. You're listening to the Five Fan with Pete Hoffman. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.